We are glad that you are here with us today, whether at home, uh, with your family, or here in, in, in house with us. If you uh, would, let us know where you are joining us from today. Uh, you can do so at our connection card at cchmd.com slash connect, and uh, you can uh, fill out that there and let us know where you are joining us from. Uh, we will be uh, taking communion at, towards the end of the sermon, so if you are, are here in the house and need to uh, go get some, the, it's there in the back. If you're at home, you can. Uh, we've not forgotten. We will get to it. It's going to be a kind of part of the sermon today. And so if you would want to grab that and be ready for that here in a bit. If you want to follow along with today's sermon notes, you can do so at the Version Bible app. At, uh, and you can search Church of Christ at Hagerstown. And today's sermon is called A Clean Slate. A Clean Slate. I, I know that we've had a number, maybe there's others in, in your family as well, uh, who uh, are, are ill, either uh, COVID or just Typical winter illnesses uh, altogether. Those are, are never fun any time of the year, less fun around Christmas, and uh, uh, with the varying degrees of, uh, of sickness and, and, and uh, uh, severity, uh, you know, it, we definitely need to be praying for those among us who, uh, who are not doing well. So before we um, uh, open up uh, the word this morning, let's, uh, let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you that you are our God of peace. Father, as Isaiah wrote many years before Jesus was born, you're a mighty God, you're a Prince of Peace, you're a wonderful counselor. Father, you're uh, strong enough to, to uh, overcome and defeat anything that would face us, even illness. Father, even uh, uh, family relational issues, sometimes those rare up during uh, these times of celebration. Father, maybe it's a, as the, the, the days have grown shorter and the, the, the dark has, has grown greater, Father, sometimes there's, there's depression and sadness that uh, makes its way in. Maybe there's some of us this year who are uh, mourning the loss of a loved one, a, a seat that used to be filled. Father, we just pray for your strength as we uh, grieve and mourn the season. Father, as we come to the end of the year, another year and we look forward to what is ahead, Father, would we be reminded that you are, you are a God of light. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. That Father, you are the light shines inside of us. Father, I pray much more that shines through us into this dark. Father, I pray that you would be uh, our Prince of Peace. Father, even as there might be tumultuous times, there may be the struggles that we will face in, in these days and the days ahead, that you would you'd bring peace and calm to who we are and to, to our world, to our circle of friends. Father, you're a wonderful counselor. Father, you've given us your word full of wisdom. I pray that you would help us to, to seek it often, frequently. Father, you would go to your word for direction for life. That you would, you would be, lead us the paths that we should take. Father, we thank you that you've been here in our midst. Father, be with us. Help us to proclaim your goodness from the mountain. Father, just as the angels sang out, Father, would our life sing out your praise. For you come to save us. Give your life on the cross, much more than that, to be raised from the dead so that we can have victory over sin and death. For that we praise you. 
He's our Lord and He's our God. Jesus, my prayer. As we've uh, gone through this Christmas season, we have looked at different pictures of who Jesus is. The, the Old Testament, uh, uh, the, the, the Hebrew scriptures uh, gave these images, these pictures of, of Jesus long before he came so they, that they would know what to look for. And, and we see how Jesus uh, uh, is a, a better, a truer, a, 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 a more complete image of what these Old Testament pictures are. We looked at uh, Adam. And we saw how uh, Adam was the first man and how uh, Adam and Eve uh, fell in the garden. How, how in the garden they were tempted and, and they uh, fell because they fell to the temptation. But Jesus, while he was tempted, while he lived here on earth, he lived a perfect, sinless, spotless life. He was able to overcome temptation where Adam and Eve were not. As Adam was the firstborn from, from, from the dust, Jesus also shows that he's the firstborn from the dead. And so he is the, as Paul would write, the second Adam. We looked at Abraham, and we saw how, how Abraham left his home, left his, uh, his family, left his, uh, his, his, uh, everything that he knew, his land, and went to a land that God would show him. And we saw how Jesus did the same thing, how he left the glories of heaven to come to earth, to walk as we did, to be the child of the promise for us. Just as Abraham took Isaac up, up a mountain, to, to sacrifice him as, as God had asked, uh, Jesus would one day climb up a mountain be sacrificed for us. And while God spared the life of Isaac, he did not spare the life of his son so that we might have victory over sin and death. We looked at uh, uh, how, how, how Jesus was like Moses, how he was uh, uh, the, the, a deliverer. How he uh, delivered, just as Moses delivered the people of Israel from uh, bondage in Egypt, Jesus delivers us from bondage of sin. Just, just as he, uh, Moses helped deliver the people of God into the promised land, Jesus brings us to our ultimate promised land. While there, was, there was, may have been rest for a time for the Israelites, there will be rest for us for eternity when we go to heaven be with Jesus. Look at David. How David was the great king. And David, though, though he was a good king, was, was flawed. And D David wanted to build God this grand temple to, so that the people could worship once again, so that God could dwell among his people. And, and God said, David, you, you have much blood on your hand from the wars that you have fought. Well, you, you may not be the one to build me a temple. Your kingdom will last forever. There will be one. There will never uh, there may never be a time when one of your children will not sit on the throne. And that happened for a while. They, the, the people, the, the Israelites eventually uh, would, would wander from God and God would have to send them into captivity. But Jesus was the one to fulfill that promise that once again, he would sit on the throne of his father David or the, uh, over the, all of the people of God. And there's a time that's coming when Jesus will return, not as a baby, but as, as the one uh, to to sit on the throne, to, be, to, to usher in the kingdom of God. So when God prescribed uh, how his people were to worship and to come before him, 
They, they, Moses had taken to, to, to Mount Sinai, and they're there, they're, and, and, and you see uh, God gives him uh, the, the Ten Commandments. He's like, here's, here's, the, here's how you should worship. Here's the rules for my community. And in there, there was uh, going to be one tribe to serve as priest between God and the people, to be mediators of, of this covenant, to, to offer the sacrifices that were needing to be offered. And the Levites were the ones who, who were called to, to stand in that place. And he established them as mediators, as priests. And from the tribe of Levi, uh, they would raise up people to lead the people in worship, to serve as a go-between between God and his people. And they would serve in the tabernacle and later in the temple in a specific way. The, the, the way that the uh, temple was laid out, uh, there was certain spaces, certain areas for certain things to occur. There in the courtyard, they would have the altar and people would bring their lambs, bring their bulls and their goats for sacrifice. And the, the priest would, would offer these sacrifices for them. They'd place them on the altar. They would, they, they would, they, they would per- perform the duties as needed. And then, but then there's another area that you'd go inside the tabernacle. And the first, the, the tabernacle was made up of two rooms. And the first room was called the holy place. And, and a, a number of different priests would go in there at different times during the day to offer certain things, to do certain, uh, um, uh, uh, uh Things in, in worship, either offering uh, prayers and, and burning incense and, or, uh, or, or, or changing out uh, the bread before God. There's a number of different things in that room that they would do. There's another room called the Holy of Holies, the most holy place. And one man got to enter that room one time a year to offer a sacrifice before God for the sins of all the people. This is how. You are to worship me. But not just anyone could do it. Only, only the priests. Only the priests. Only priests from the tribe of, of Levi perform these sacrifices. But yet, yet Jesus became our priest for us. How could, how could Jesus from the tribe of Judah, from the line of David, also serve as our priest? priest. Let's look today. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. And while we're not sure who exactly wrote the book of Hebrews, Hebrews is, 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 uh, is unsigned. And yeah, we know Paul wrote these, Peter wrote these, John wrote these, Jude and James wrote these other ones. We, Hebrews does not have an author. There's a number of different people who are speculated as being the author's. What we do know is that whoever wrote it had an intimate understanding of the workings of Judaism. They knew its history. They knew its major players. They knew the significant features of the faith and how they worshiped. And they also saw how Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah, was the, was the answer, was the, was the final realization of all these things from, from the Old Testament. They were all summed up and wrapped up and pointed towards Jesus. And while the, 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 the writer uses the letter to assure and convince believers who are, ethnic, uh, who are ethnically Hebrew, that Jesus is the one, that Jesus was the one that they were looking for. So in this section, the writer of Hebrews writes this, starting with verse 15. Uh, starting with verse 14, sorry. Uh, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize 
with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. So let's then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So as, as the, the writer is, is kind of bringing up that, that Jesus is our great high priest, that he is, he is the one to fulfill all of the priests from all of time throughout the Old Testament, it might be helpful for us to go back and review something that the writer wrote earlier in the book of Hebrews. He wrote in chapter 2 these words, he says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he, being Jesus, ha- had to share in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. See, what was interesting is at the time of this writing, there was a false teaching going around that Jesus was not truly human. That, that though he was, he was in form and shape of a human, that he uh, uh, somehow did dwell here on earth, <clears throat> that he did not walk on the ground. Oh, it appeared he did, but really he was just kind of hovering just above it so that he, he would not get dirty or soiled with, with our world. So Jesus was, was, was kind of an apparition. He was kind of here, but he was not able to be affected by our world. And, and so the, there was this thought that Jesus kind of, kind of emanated down from God and that he was among us, but he was not truly one of us. Problem with that, though, is, is that Jesus is not truly one of us. He can't be tempted as we are. He can't live life as we are. His, his death uh, uh, then does not become a real death because he's not experiencing our life. And so his, he can, if, if that is true, then he cannot die in our place because he is not standing in our place. And so this is where I was like, just as we, 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 we are the children, we have flesh and blood. We experience pain. We experience sickness. We experience injury. We, we experience all the, all the, all the joys and, and hurts of this life. Jesus, too, had to take on flesh and blood to experience life just as we do. So you can imagine. Can you imagine Jesus being sick? Can you imagine uh, maybe Jesus having colic? You know, there is the baby, you know, and, and, and Mary and Joseph are going, dear God, can you, can you just cause them to shut up and go to sleep, right? Maybe you've been, you've been there those nights. You're like, Yahweh, he's yours too. Do you, it's your turn, right? You know, maybe you've had that feeling with your children. It's like, hey, God, it's your turn to stay up with him. And, and Mary could literally say, hey, hey, your father too, why don't you? He was, he was, you know, can you imagine Jesus being colicky? Can you imagine Jesus, um, um, you know, being sick? Can you imagine Jesus being heartbroken? One that, uh, when I was in youth ministry, one that I would uh, uh, sometimes share with the kids is, can you imagine a girl having a crush on Jesus? You know, this girl's like flirting with them, you know. It's, 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 it's hard to imagine, right? You know, because you, you, we, 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 we think Jesus, we think, we think you know, robes, we think beard, we think maybe you know, longish hair. You know, maybe you had the precious moments Jesus in your head. Maybe you had a, a more realistic Jesus in your head. Maybe you had you know, whatever other Jesus in between that we've seen in paintings. And, and it's hard to imagine Jesus experiencing life just as we did. But if he doesn't, then he cannot be the sacrifice for our sins. But Jesus entered our time and space, made the right decision every time. Some people are like, well, yeah, he's the son of God. That's easy for him. But he had to experience life just as we did. 
For this reason, he had to be made just like us, fully human in every way, so that he could be a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He's able to help those who are being tempted. The good news. Good news. If you are going through a difficult time, Jesus has been there. Yeah, yeah, Jesus has experienced many of the same things, maybe not the exact same thing that you're experiencing, but, but something very similar, something that would be in the same family of, of hurt, something in the same family of pain. And you, you know, he, he's known the loss of a friend, the lo- loss of a loved one. You know, he's known hard work and, and, and things not coming out just right. He's known uh, uh, tension in relationships. You know, when one of the 12 closest people to you uh, uh, betrays you, he knows what betrayal feels like. That he walked through life just as we did, yet was without sin, so that he could be our high priest to make atonement for our sins. He's walked in our shoes. Francis Turnton and said this, The blood of Christ was not shed to prove the remission of sin, but to obtain it. The blood of Christ was not shed to prove that our sins are forgiven. His blood was shed to pay the price so that we can know what grace and know what forgiveness is like. See, throughout the book of Hebrews, the writer is drawing from those Old Testament images, those Old Testament practices of sacrifice, of, of temple worship. And the writer writes that the blood of bulls and goats was never fully able to pay the price. <coughs> In financial terms, the, the, the payment that they would make with the blood of bulls and goats was, was merely to, to just kind of keep the Israelites current so they wouldn't default on the loan of their sins. The, 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 the price that our sin required, the, the blood of bulls and goats would, would not pay it in full, but would just kind of keep them to date. But in one act, Jesus pays for all the sins, for all the people, for all the time, because he faced temptation while he was here because he faced the temptation to meet his own needs, his own, his own goals by other means, by overcoming the temptation, being obedient to God, for the glory of God, he was able to overcome temptation for us as well. And as he overcame temptation, as he lived his perfect spotless life, he was able to become the sacrifice for our sin. Just as the high priest was able to enter the Holy of Holies one time a year to offer sacrifice for all the people, Jesus will enter into that space to offer himself as our sacrifice for all the sins, all time. And so with that in mind, we look at, look at what we've, the verse we read today. So we, we have this high priest who is not unable to sympathize. He's not able to empathize with us because he has walked with us. He's walked in our shoes. He's been tempted in every way as we are, yet was without Sin. So we don't have a high priest who lived in a bubble. We don't, we don't have a, a high priest that, that is not unable to, to sympathize with where, where we are. No, he fully interacted with our earth and our world every day. In one of the previous chapters, Jesus is called the great high priest. The great high priest, he is highly exalted. He is more superior than Moses. He's more superior than Aaron. Uh, those who were from the tribe of Levi. 
so sometimes you, as you look back, maybe you think, man, man Aaron ha- had it right. Aaron was the was this this this, this fantastic priest to, to kind of set the example for uh, all the people. But did you know? Do you remember that when Jesus when Moses is up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments? Uh, uh, Aaron is helping the people uh, melt their golden earrings and bracelets and jewelry and forming it into a golden calf. Like before they even get started, they've already messed it up. And Aaron was helping them. Maybe you remember that as they uh, uh, you know, began to go on, maybe from, from Sinai, as they, as they began uh, their, their, their worship together as a community, uh, uh, they, they had uh, ordained Aaron and his, his sons to be priests. And his two oldest sons uh, thought that they might know better than, than uh, uh, they had a better idea than how God had ordained it in, in, the, uh, in the law. And so they uh, burned a different type of incense. And God was not real pleased with that. And, and fire came out. I imagine, you know, we, we, you know some, some churches, they might call this the altar. Fire comes out like from the altar and burns them up. And some people say that God's not exciting. Man, the Bible's boring. You know, when, when God enacts judgment, it happens immediately. Hey, ooh, we're not going to do that again, right? Have you ever seen that? Maybe in, in your life, maybe, maybe you were the one who made the mistake. Maybe someone else made the mistake and you saw what they did and what happened to them. You're like, well, not doing, not doing that. The two other sons of, of, of Aaron, right? whatever they did, we're not, we're not touching that. We're not doing that. Jesus was a faithful hyper. He, did, he, he lived his life out the right way. He said, we, well, well, we have the image of God implanted in us. It is tainted by sin. But Jesus was completely human in every way. Yet alongside of his humanity dwelt completely the, the divinity of God. We have a high priest who lived just as we are yet was without sin. And this becomes the main point of the text. Because some people are like, like could, could Jesus have sinned? Is it possible that Jesus could have sinned? He, would have, he had plenty of opportunity. Remember he, when he was tempted, he, he went to the desert after his baptism. He, he fasted and prayed for 40 days and Satan comes and he meets him in a pl- time and place when he is physically weak, but probably spiritually the strongest. And the Gospels tell us that, that as Satan came to tempt him. He tempted him to, to shortcut his mission by fulfilling his own physical needs in an unnatural way. And then he takes him to, to the temple and he says, hey, test God and see if he, he will protect you no matter the cost. Jump off the top of the temple and watch him catch you before you hit the ground. Or maybe he would just take a shortcut and by worshiping Satan, that he would give him control of the entire world. With each temptation, Jesus re- responds with Scripture. He does not take the bait. He does not take the shortcut. He overcomes the temptations with the Word of God. And while we don't read of other temptations in the life of Jesus, it, I'm sure they are there. I'm sure he, more than just those three times is, is Jesus tempted in some way to to take a shortcut to 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 change the rules. And all the New Testament writers affirm Jesus's sinlessness. He fully identifies with fallen humanity except in the area of sin. The temptations he faced were real 
They were not just some sideshow so you can check a box. Hey, overcame temptation. Well, there are more than they were revealed in Scripture. Jesus had plenty of times where he probably could have taken the exit ramp and just said, this is too much. This is more than I thought I signed up for. And he could have taken the shortcut on the, uh, instead of carrying out the mission laid out for him. But our high priest, our high priest is not like the others. When Moses dis- disobeyed God by striking the rock, Aaron was jealous of Moses. His, his sons uh, 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 worshiped God in the wrong way. Jesus always walked the right way. He always worshiped God correctly. And throughout the pages of Scripture, oh, it says all the, pages, all the priests of the people were sinners themselves. The writer of Hebrews would say this, unlike the other high priest, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day for his own sins and then for the people. He, Jesus didn't have to wake up every morning and go, Father, forgive me for my sins so that I can help others worship you as well. No. He woke up fully in tune with his Father so that he could help lead us and direct us closer to him. He did not have to sacrifice for his own sins. He sacrificed himself once for all the sins of all the people for everyone else. Because Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins, he becomes the atonement for our sins. That way we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. And we receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Notice it's not our confidence. It's not our, it's, it's not, you know, there's so many things, we see a growing confidence in people and, and, and certain things. I, I watch Jaden and, and, and Saray as they uh, get better at their instruments, they play with greater confidence and, and we, we, we see people in different areas of life it's like, oh, look, they're getting more and more confident. They're, they're, they're able to, to do what they do even better and, and, and do more of it. But we can't approach the throne of grace in our confidence because we're broken and we're sinful. We can approach the throne of grace with confidence because we have a high priest who's gone before us, who, who, has, who has prepared the way, who lived life just as we did, yet without sin. And through his confidence in him, we are able to approach the throne of God. See, Jesus is the better high priest because he doesn't have to come with the blood of an animal to cover for himself. He doesn't have to purify himself first. He is the purification of our sins. He himself is sinless. What he did was to take our place of sacrifice, take our sin on our behalf so that we could put on the righteousness of God. See, our high priest, our high priest purifies his people. Our high priest purifies his people. No other high priest could effectively purify the people of God from their sins, but only Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins, it became sin for us so that we could put on God's righteousness. See, our high priest delivers mercy and delivers grace in our time of need. Our time of need. The, the Greeks have, have, have two words for time. There's, there's the, the word chronos. That's like our clock time, right? Maybe it's like, like hey, Mike, you, you've preached for about 23 minutes now. Got you on my stopwatch. You know? probably about time to wrap this thing up, right? Uh, you know, maybe maybe you, know, you, you have like the chronos time, like you, you schedule your, um, your, your, a doctor's appointment. I got a doctor's appointment this day. Chronos is, is clock time. 
There's another word called kairos. And, and kairos uh, describes more of a season like Christmas. It's a kind of time. Well, you might schedule a doctor's appointment. You don't schedule getting sick, do you? Right? It's like, hey, I think next week would be a good time for me to get sick. No, sickness is just kind of show up. And you have this, have this season of sickness. You're like, man, I'd like for this to pass. You know, the, the, then, you know, God is like, in our time of need, it was kairos. God, God didn't necessarily have it. It wasn't like, hey, we gotta wait. For, you know, it's gonna be just just this long. It's a season, guys. Like this is the right time, the right kind of time, this is the right moment, the right season for Jesus. To come. See, God is never late, but He's rarely early. God is never late, but He's rarely early. God may, God will show up, but when He shows up, it may not be on our schedule. It may not be when. when and so sometimes people say this makes them feel like God has abandoned them. He's left them. But God has never left us. He just shows up on his schedule. And so Jesus, why didn't Jesus show up any earlier? If Jesus showed up earlier, uh, the the Romans may not have had the the road system throughout their empire. It's been harder for the uh, message of the gospel to get out. If if Jesus came earlier, uh, the the, the whole worldwide trade language may not have been Greek. And so it had been harder to communicate with people in different areas. If Jesus came later, Maybe the world would have been in such a bad place. There wouldn't have been, it would have been like almost too far off the rails to get it back. Jesus came at just the right time into our world, just the right place. So that all these things come together. And all of a sudden you begin to see how the message begins to change the world. King James Version, uh, in, uh, at the beginning of Acts 17, is talking about the, uh, the apostles and how they've gone around the world. It says, it says that the, the, the apostles of Jesus have gone all around the world and turned the world upside down with the message of the gospel. It completely changed the world because God entered the world at just the right time to save us. Paul will write to the Romans. He says, you see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. At just the right time. The, the, the essence of that phrase is just in the nick of time. Just in the nick of time. Have you ever had that happen in your life? Something happened just in the nick of time where your world could have gone upside down, could have gone sideways, things could have gone really bad, but just in the nick of time, something happened, and all of a sudden, instead of hitting rock bottom, you began to pull up. Maybe at just the right time, your brakes fully stopped your car so that you didn't hit a car in the intersection. Maybe just the right time that check came in. You needed to cover the bills, to cover food, to cover uh, 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 medication, to cover whatever was needed. That check came in just in the nick of time. God saves at just the right time. You're just the right time to send Jesus to earth, not just to be born, but to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins, which returns us the role of the priest. Jesus cannot just merely stand by and watch us all die of our sins. The reason why he came was to provide sacrifice for our sins, to save us, so we could be reunited with God. No longer enslaved to sin, no longer uh, punished for the price of our sin. He bore it on his shoulders on the cross. He was a high priest, but he was also the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. 
And this is the message our world needs to hear, that there is hope. It's not found in self-improvement. It's not found in a larger bank account, more possessions. So we've seen and heard all the commercials encouraging us to buy this and get this for our loved ones this season. But it's not what's under the tree this season that will save us. But he who hung on a tree that will save us this season. It's the one who is wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in the manger. It's not the gifts that we gave, received this year, but the gift that was given so many years ago. In a little town of Bethlehem, born to a family of kings, who became our high priest as well. So maybe today, maybe today as we end this season, this, as we end this year, maybe today is the day that you choose Jesus to be your high priest, to be your king, to be your savior. And if that's the decision you want to make, we want to celebrate. We want to encourage you. We, we, we want you to let us know if you can by filling out the connection card at cchmd.com. Mark the box that says, become a Christian. David and I will be around today, and, and maybe you're at home, and you, you, you want to uh, uh, fill out the connection card. We'll follow up with you. We'll help you uh, uh, begin to make, take those next steps in your decision to make Jesus your Savior today. What better way to end the year? What better way to end the year than to accept the grace of Jesus purchased for us on the cross? But maybe you've already made that decision. Maybe that decision you made long ago. Maybe today, what you need to be—you need to be reminded, reminded of His sacrifice for us, what that means for us. Maybe today we need to make it a point to share that hope with others, to be like the shepherds who went and told everyone what they had seen and what they had heard. That was just as the angel had told them. That those around us know of the hope that is found in Jesus. Today, as we close, I also thought, man, what better way to end our year together as a church family than to partake in communion together? As we think about Jesus being our high priest, laying his life down, being the sacrifice for our sins, where the blood of bulls and goats never fully purified the people. Jesus dies on the cross for us. He takes our place. But before he took our place, he he tied back into the Old Testament story. Like Remember how Moses delivered you from Egypt? And that night long ago, before they left Egypt, they, they sacrificed a lamb and they, they roasted and they ate it and they took the blood from the lamb and they put it on the doorposts so the, 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 the angel of death would not, would not uh, harm any of the firstborn of, of the Israelites. Jesus says, I am that lamb. I am that lamb. My body would be broken. My blood would be poured out. My blood would be put over the threshold of your life. You'll be able to be delivered <clears throat> from the slavery into new life. And so in the meal, where they would take bread and they would take ju- the, the wine. He said these, these elements of bread and wine, they're, they're, they're going to mean something different now. The bread is going to be a, remi- a symbol, a reminder of my broken body. When you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. Today, as you partake, offer the body of Christ broken. Partake together. Hebrews, it says, that the shedding of blood, and we know forgiveness of sins. 
Jesus couldn't just merely be injured for us. His blood had to be poured out completely for us. He died in our place. His blood had to be shed. And as his blood was poured out, forgiveness was purchased. But more than that, three days later, there's an empty tomb that gives us victory. May this cup be a reminder, not just of the death he died, but the life that he was raised to live. One day we'll partake of this meal together with him. Partake of the blood of Christ poured out. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you gave your life fully and freely for us. Father, you're not just our king. You're not just our deliverer. You're not just our high priest. Father, you're our savior, our Lord. Father, without you, we have no confidence to approach you. Father, in light of your life, in light of of your death and resurrection, Father, we have confidence to come before your throne, knowing that you want us to be in your presence. So, Father, I pray that today we'll be changed by this, uh, once again, by this message of hope. You gave yourself so freely for us that we might share with others. We'd go tell it on the mountain. That we would proclaim Jesus Christ's the hope of earth, the light of heaven. Father, we have a way to come home to you, that we can be restored to you again and know of your love forever. Father, I pray that as we close this year and as we open a new year, Father, that you would use us to help others see and know you. Father, continue to change us and shape us and mold us. In Jesus' name I pray.